Hey there, my name is Hugo Prince. I'm the host of the Influence Me, Influence More podcast, a podcast available in French and English. Before we go into the episode, I just want to give you a little bit of context about who I am and what is this podcast all about. So, I'm a podcaster since 2017 with my main show, The Road to the IPO, where I interview entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes. But I'm also the founder of Influence Tonight, a company that connects influencers with the audience, and we do that through event, marketing services, networking, and now podcasting. For me, it was very important to give the credit to those local influencers because I believe nobody else is doing it. So that's why I start all this movement, all this community. Because I want those influencers to share their journey with the audience. So this podcast is all about marketing, branding, Instagram, and all the other social media platforms. So if you want to learn more about marketing, how to run yourself, this podcast is the best one out there. Yeah, I believe that. Anyways, this podcast is available on all audio platforms, including Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I hope you appreciate the show. If you want to know more about our events and when is the next event coming up, just have to go and check on the Facebook page, Influencers Tonight. The link is in the description of this episode. So you can go and check it out. And I hope to see you in your next event, if you are from Montreal, of course. So, hope you enjoyed the show, and let's start this right now. Okay, okay, good. We are live. We are live, Patrick. We are live. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Patrick, how's it going? It's going well. And yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. So welcome to the show, the Influence Me, Influence Moi podcast, a podcast by Influence Tonight. Before I present you, I just want to um, talk a little bit about what's going on. So Influence Tonight is trying to adapt to this, to, uh, this situation, COVID-19. So we cancel our events for April and all the upcoming events, events until September, at least. So right now we're doing podcasts, and it's a monthly podcast. And I just want to say thank you to our collaborators and also to everyone that is involved with us which is uh, Patrick, creator of HQ, who has been helping us a lot since the beginning. And also um, we have a new partnership with MTOR Serbo, which is um, an organization that prevents everything that is with, um, how can I say, with ABC in, in French, everything that's with ABC. I don't know how to say it in, 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 in English, but everything that is going with, um, with brain damage, something mm. like that. So. I, I want to present you Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? I'm going, I'm going great. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So I just want to let you know, to put people in context, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Um, at the very core, I am a content creator. I yeah. started on YouTube about 10 years ago. And uh, I was always creating content before that, before the internet era. Yes. And um, with the years progressing, I wanted to meet other content creators. I was always fascinated with the whole YouTuber um, phenomenon, the, the communities that's being developed around the world. So I said, why not uh, meet people here? We started like, the YouTube community um, in 2014. Okay. It, was an all, it was an online community. And shortly after, uh, we started doing um, in-person events because yes. we wanted to connect people and we saw the value of connecting people outside of the virtual world. And um, so, yeah, we've been doing events ever since. Uh, we, uh, the community now it's called Creator HQ, like you presented at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're a community for content creators. We try to supply as many information and resources as we can to helping creators grow in their field. Yes. Uh, at the same time, I still continue on with my YouTube channel. I still continue on doing, you know, other kind of creation because that's the core of 
you know, what a creator is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, with today's realities, of course, a lot of things have changed in terms of doing uh, physical events. So exactly. we've been trying to keep, we're, we're going back to our, um, you know, core, you might say our beginnings of doing stuff online and trying yeah. to uh, give as much information online. And of course, creating opportunities the same way you're doing right now and doing it live, you know, us too, you know, doing different kinds of lives or different kinds of online events, just something to bring people together to kind of combating um, isolation because uh, yeah. already before this, uh, you know, we were, all, we were talking about, um, you know, going to events or going, yeah. going to a co-working space or a cafe and working with like-minded people there to combating the isolation that already creators were being faced before all this. And yeah. now that none of it's mandatory for everyone, it's being very hard on a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, at least if we can like do the chats like we're doing right now or yeah. other kinds of like group events where we can bring people together. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's already helping people and we want to continue doing that to so uh, you know, continue to make them go, yeah. grow. Yeah. So before we go really in deep about the situation right now, I guess when, what, where does it come that passion from, uh, that passion from content creator? What do you, do you create content yourself as a, would you say YouTuber? Do you have your own YouTube channel? Where yeah. Yes. And, and before YouTube too. So like creating content comes from the heart. You know, mm -hmm. like it's always a, the, the desire of creating content and not necessarily attaching the business aspect right away to it. You know, like I just want to create content. I want to, I want to make videos. Uh, I want to share that with people. And then with the internet, of course, with YouTube, we we're able to bring that to um, worldwide. We we're able to bring our content global. Yeah. So my YouTube channel that I, you know, I'm mostly active on uh, a little bit less today because of the situation, but uh, usually what I'm active on, it's called WhatsApp Montreal. So we cover things around uh, the city of Montreal, things okay. to discover. And, uh, you know, it, it really comes from a passion of, of creating and everything after that, you know, the whole aspect of like, when we tell artists how to survive with their craft and stuff, that's, that's where the business aspect comes into place. So for you, it was something that you really loved creating content. I guess that's why you start doing, starting to get involved in the community. So it, it was, was there any reason particularly that make that make you wanted to go like in deep in that in that sector? I mean finding a community? Yeah, no for yourself. Like what did you decide to really go in that in that oh, you know? like like I was saying, like I, I I've been creating content ever since I'm a kid. Okay. Um, before before internet even was a thing. But <laughs> okay. um yeah, no, like like sharing what I create, bring them, you know, bring that online, uh, yeah. sharing my vision and certain things, my art form, certain things, you exactly. know, you know, it doesn't it doesn't even have to be uh, at the core. Core doesn't have to be about money. Doesn't have to be about how many views I get. It just you know, it just brings me pleasure to create something and put it out there. You know, some videos I might make might get you know tens and thousands of views. Other videos yeah. might get only the hundreds or less. And but you know, maybe maybe I like those videos better. You know, it really. The numbers that aren't the ones that influence me to create, you yeah. know, and and uh, yeah. So like I said, like after that, it's a whole. If you want to think about business, if you want to like live with what you're doing, that's where you know I had to say, you know, like okay, I want. Do I want to make my YouTube channel more serious? Do I want to survive by doing this? Do I yes. am I really solving a problem? Am I helping people with this? And because the answer were yes for everything, I you know I I started you know developing more business tactics around it and making it okay. much more sustainable for me and yeah. uh, at the same time teaching all this to, to people from the community. So are you the guy that's behind the camera creating content or in from the camera? Like, you know, there's some different type of content creators and influencers, those that are mm -hmm. in front of camera and those behind creating content. What type of are you? What type of content creator are you? 
Well, if you check my YouTube channel, you'll see that I've done both. <laughs> it's not, but it's, it's a good question to know because yeah. I'm more of, I like being behind the camera most of the time. Yeah. Um, just because like being in front of the camera means, um, especially if it's your show, if it's not your show, it's a different thing, but when it's your show and you're in front of the camera yes. producing it, you have to also make sure that everything is running well. And until you find that harmony, until you find that good team where you can trust and know that they know what they're doing, you'll always be over worried and you won't be able to perform as well in front of the camera. And uh, sometimes I, I can lose control more and more. So uh, I'm more the type of being behind the camera, but then again, I'm not shy to being in front of the camera. So, so you can do both because there's some uh, content creators that only can do one because like you yep. say, you can be shy. So they try, they, they are behind the camera and they create good content. So how do you realize what type of content creator are you? Do you have to ask yourself questions? Do you, do you have to know what you like more than anything else? It, it's, it's, it's tied with your feelings. Do you feel comfortable being in front of the camera? If, if, you, if, you don't, if you're in front of the camera and you don't like it, like it's really stressful for you, really, it's not that this is not good for you. You don't find that uh, you're, not, you're not attracted to that. Then, you know, you, you know, by default, you will fall into the, someone who's behind the camera. Because, you know, like people who are behind the camera who are directing or filming or doing whatever it takes to be behind and then, then doing the, the uh, post-production and editing and so on, these are all the different type of art forms. And okay. as, as creators, we also learn that, you know, we're not, good at everything right so yes. uh, but but you know like being in front of the camera is one thing and and then there's tons of other different um positions you might say behind the camera and you might fall in, you have more chance of falling in one of those because there's way more choices exactly so you were talking about youtube you you start doing you start getting in youtube community what year exactly i created the community in 2014 yes I discovered there was a phenomenon, like a whole vlogging thing around 2011. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I, that's when I started vlogging with my previous YouTube channels. Okay. And I was like, I was like, what is this? Like what, what, like keep people love creating videos like me. Like that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So like I, I got to like, uh, you might say investigate or like, like try to learn more about these communities, try to know more about these creators and eventually even traveling because like since Montreal didn't really have a scene back then, um, you know, I was traveling to Toronto, I was traveling to LA and, and meeting these creators and seeing what they're doing, what's their realities, how they're coming together, what makes them strong, you know? Yeah. Uh, and L LA was the perfect case. LA was my case study. Uh, LA had a lot of people coming together and then you had all the best creators coming from there at I first guess, yeah. because because that's where everyone was moving. Like, like the creators there, they didn't originally live in LA. They all moved from somewhere else. And it was a golden, it was a YouTube golden era. During like, I would say 2010, 11, 12, it was golden era for YouTube. It was like, YouTube was a thing, you know? Yes, uh, yes, and yes. and the, the big creators of today, the bonds who have the big books, the shows, the mansions or whatnot, they all started around that time. Yeah. And, uh, and everywhere else, it was just lacking. It wasn't lacking talent, but it was lacking that energy, uh, that kind of pressure, because it, it, there's a lot of pressure where they were also pressuring each other to be better and better. Yes. Uh, and that, that made them really go up uh, and they also joined forces. So I was like, okay, so being in the physical space altogether has, has its own value. Um, so that's why by creating a community here, bringing people together, we were able to connect people, create new talents together um, and, and, I mean, we've saw like since 2014, we've been keeping track on 
people's numbers and stuff, we saw like a significant increase in people yeah. who are starting to collaborate, people who are starting to uh, learn and meet and do stuff. And new, so many new creators came up to the point where I was getting testimonials back then uh, uh, between 2014 and 16. Yeah. A lot of people were, were writing to us. They're like, thank you for existing because we almost gave up content creating because we said there was no purpose or we also saw people saying um, we started creating content because uh, because now we see there's encouragement happening here. Yes. So there was a lot of great testimonials that emerged during the beginning of the years. And I mean, right now it becomes it became so um, regular that that it's no longer like a thing that we we continuously uh, like we see the comments, but it's not it's not as it was before because before it was like one or two people and now it's like everyone, you know? Yeah. So every, like, you know, well, so it's a, it's a, it doesn't mean it's less special. It just means like, um, we kind of got, um, let less uh, sensibilize kind of like okay. of, 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 of this, but like it's, it, it's always the beauty and it's always what pushes us to continue and doing. Yeah. The, so the what makes uh, Los Angeles so special? So we get inspired by Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You, you got inspired by Los Angeles. You know, there's always, you know, Los Angeles is always one step ahead. You know, TikTok, there's the hype house, they you know all these houses, YouTube houses, Instagram. So what makes Los Angeles so special? Well, st- study shows that they're 10 years in advance than us. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So like right now, like we're talking about podcasts, we're talking about all these different things over here in Quebec. Yes. And when Los Angeles have, have done it and they've been like beyond it. Yeah. Like they've went through the, all these phases. Like when, when between, what was it 2015, 16, when blogging was becoming popular here, they've been past that. They've done that before, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like the way, um, there's a whole geography of how things travel. Okay. Like there's a whole geography of how music travels, how music styles and stuff travel around the world when there's a new release and stuff. And it's the same way for, for content, same way for um, trends. So when, when, when creators from LA are coming together and they're, they're doing new stuff and then there's a push with the companies, there's a push with all these different brands and including the, the social media platforms yes. and putting ener- energy there, um, you know, they're, they're doing the stuff, but then, then they're moving to something else. And that whatever they went through is coming to us at a later pace. So like, we're like, Oh cool. We're on TikTok now. And then you go there and they're like, Oh yeah, we, we've done that. Yeah. So a lot of places like Mexico is another, another example. Mexico yeah. has a very, very, very strong community for creators. It's, it's insane how big it is. And uh, even the brands there, like different companies, they've been doing influencer marketing, way ahead of us and they've been now they're past that they don't they yeah. don't only do influencer marketing they're doing all kinds of different type of marketing that we, we we just started adapting like ambassadorship and so on like they've they've been doing all kinds of stuff way before us and when when i said oh we're, we're on facebook or we're on snapchat they they laughed on us and this was like three years ago because they're like we've done that yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we went through this and and uh and it's like yeah it's, it's just it's, it's it's a question of geography not because where it's placed it's because of like the ways the trends are traveling and how people are coming together and adapting these these new things and how how does also the the but the business climate around adapt it too if if here we have less studies and we have less people like less brands adapting and supporting creators yes um everything slowed down you know it's and that's that's the difference between here and everywhere else. Like even Europe, Europe is advanced in here. Toronto is way advanced in here. When you go to Toronto, you see banners of YouTubers yeah, exactly. across across the city 
we've had that kind of here. We, we had it for a very short period, but what where is, is it? You know? To Montreal because Toronto is not, not, not so far like Los Angeles. What does Montreal take? So is it the language? Because we more French and it takes more time to come here. What is it? It's it's not the language as we saw like Europe and also Mexico adapting it and they don't like English is not their main language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cultural thing um, because not only for influencer marketing, but a lot of things we're more cautious in Quebec. Like, you know, like even, even when we spend, just think about how people spend here. We don't just spend money regularly. People are very are much more cautious about money. They're much more aware of different things. So people take more time here. It's, it's a cultural thing. Um, so adapting new things will take time. And, and, uh, th- and th- by the way, everything I'm saying is based on different studies that I've been following for many, many years. Okay. Um, but then, then you go to, uh, you go to like place like California, just their, their spending power. They, they keep buying yeah. to do so. And then you have like all these, what's it called? Uh, even like just looking at Amazon, how Amazon works there versus here. Yeah. They have so many tools at Amazon that we don't, the feature, we don't even, we don't offer those features here, you know? Okay. So okay. It, it just kind of shows like how, you know, pe- pe- people just move at a faster pace with less, maybe less restrictions with less, thinking sometimes I don't like there's so much things that can go on yeah. but in Quebec culturally we've we've been slow on many things including um the adaptation of creating content and, yeah. and going moving to the new platforms and stuff well, I guess California is always uh, you know it's, it's a state that has a lot of like Hollywood Silicon Valley so there's mm-hmm. always, they're always innovating so I think things go fast there also so that's for sure yeah and even even if Toronto is later than uh, later than LA yeah. Uh, their expedition year is six years compared to Quebec. So we're, we're four years behind Toronto. But Tor- Toronto also is like, um, they, they spend a lot of money, but they also like spend a lot of like energy into this. Like they, yeah. they believe more into this. And that's why like have, having the, the mainstream media putting the faces of major YouTubers from Toronto on big banners plays a huge factor on the, on the culture. Another thing that's interesting, and I, I've observed this is events. Yeah. So when it comes to LA, they do a lot of YouTube events or okay. social media events, right? VidCon, Playlist okay. Live, and there's a whole list of them. That that makes a big big impact on the society. Toronto does the same thing. Toronto started Buffer Festival about eight years ago. Okay. And and Buffer Festival is a film festival. Now it's an international film festival, but for web content creators. But what made it different is that they they do a huge red carpet outside. Okay. Doing a red carpet outside, people who are passing by. So I, I used to go every year before. And yeah. Every year I go, the mentality of people changed. The public. The first years, first year people used to laugh. Yes. What is this? What, 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 is, is it Justin Bieber who's going to walk on, on the red carpet? They used to laugh. This, like, was, this is quoted. This is actual reactions of people who are walking around us. This is what happened. More the years progress, that evolved. We had people leaving their TV stations, the, the, the studio, they're like, Oh my God, how can I be on that red carpet? Yeah. So the mentality of the people change, but because they were continuously doing that red carpet, making a big deal out of creators and all that, change people's mentalities, even schools. A lot of universities in, in, in uh, Toronto, they do studies on YouTubers. I know okay. because they, they even send me some surveys and, and other kinds of questionnaires to, to fill out to kind of help them with their studies. Yes. Um, and Montreal, I, got, I, think, I think I got my first study like students contacting me for the first time this year, like officially doing a research. So it's been like, again, education is one of them. Public is another thing, you know, Um, getting to the public eye is another thing, you know, 
education on on for creators and education for um, companies is another thing. Exactly. So all these different all these different sectors and the business sector also. So all these different sectors have to adapt so that uh, we become uh, you know beyond beyond the trend you know. Yeah. And 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 that's what we've been observing in LA. That's what we were observing in Toronto, Mexico, Europe, even Tokyo. But here we don't we don't have all the points yet. We're missing. I guess some. also because those countries have big influences that really move things. Like in 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 the United States, you have those Logan Pauls, Jake Pauls, and all those YouTubers, and you have all the big Instagram influencers that go that have like one, two, three million followers. Here in Quebec, maybe we have less of that. They still have like uh, Elizabeth Yu and others that have like a big following, but it maybe mm -hmm. it's not enough to get to the mainstream. Um, we've had some creators back in the days that, that are from Montreal, like Epic Meal Time, that were very big for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they were from Montreal, but they did move to LA and then they come back and so on. Uh, one of the biggest YouTube channels is based here in Montreal, which is Watch Mojo. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you check Watch Mojo. So we do have, we do have like big names here too. Um, but the issue is also like who's consum who's who's the person who's consuming the media behind it? Exactly. Is it, you know, so like if you check the statistics for French YouTubers here in Montreal, the the majority of people who are consuming the content is people from Europe. Okay. You know, you have you they still have a big following here. They have a huge following here, but not as big as U Europeans. Okay. And then the, and then the English content creators, their biggest audience is also outside of Quebec. Okay. So. So it's a question of consumption. Are people here consuming? And this is why if, if the consumer is not watching stuff from here, uh, businesses are not, are not providing money, and there's no education around that, there's no like, people start doing studies. So it all, it's all tied in together. Yeah. And, uh, and versus Toronto where they have YouTubers appearing on TV shows, where they have YouTubers appearing on mainstream TV. Uh, like much, much music back in the days was having uh, YouTubers having their own shows. Okay. Uh, today we have uh, Lily Singh, um, Superwoman, who's a very very big creator from Toronto. Who's who? Yes, she lives in, in in the states today, but you know she has her own TV show, her late night show. You know, like bringing the people that we know onto mainstream makes a huge difference. Yes. You know, gets yes. people to be like be part of the culture. And in here, it's we're still like a lot of creators are still fighting to being part of the. Canadian like or Quebec media culture, it's, there's still a discrepancy between. Yeah, but more and more, we're seeing better, better cases though. Like for example, um, like t like local TV shows like Occupation Double or other yeah. different TV shows that we like we're watching, they have been integrating more and more creators. I cannot say like we're not doing that. It's just that we started way later than anyone else. For example, like you, you mentioned Occupation Double, a lot of them. They, they start on TV and then they get all, after that they get like a big following and they become influencers too. So they are already mainstream media. So they also, they become influencers at the same time. So they are both already. So that's also good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a very recent case, right? So it's like, these are, these are all new, which were something that, that the States and the rest of the world were, were adapting way before this. So yeah. um, like I said, it's getting better and better. It's not like, but we're still like, like it's gonna take a big push to being where they are. And that's why like us who are creating events is always great because then by creating events, we're not only providing education yes. for the public who's attending and even creators who are attending or businesses, but it's also if we can do something that's in the public eye, if it's like the red carpet theory, you know, yes. we're having a red carpet and then people are seeing who's walking on it and stuff and ask questions. 
again, it's going to feel ridiculous in the first couple of years. It's going to be like, what is that? What is going on? Do it constantly. And then you'll see that, you know, effects might change and people are going to be like, oh, okay, these are serious people, you know, like, let's go okay. check them out. And there has been, I've seen only one big festival here um, that actually stopped doing it. Um, but they were doing, they were doing like that whole red carpet phenomenon, but not with the actual red carpet, but uh, different colors, but they were doing those. And I, I, I went to the, I went to that event and I, I was taking pictures. It was phenomenal seeing all those lineups and stuff. And it was a Place des Arts. Unfortunately, they only did it for two years. What was it called? And it was called Oh My Fest. Oh My Fest, okay. It was, it was, it was a French festival. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, they stopped doing it. And by stopping doing it, what happens is that uh, people lose interest. They're like, okay, it was done. It was in the past. Let's move on. Exactly, you know? yeah. And, and, and that's why like, the, pub, like, the public ha didn't get that, that reaction. The public have to, uh, like, again, like having the red carpet, and if I show you pictures, you're, you're going to get a better picture of what it looked like. But if I show you what it, what it is, um, like it was disrupting people's traffic. People couldn't walk on the street anymore. They had to go, they had to see this, you know, they couldn't pass the street without seeing this. Okay. So, and it was central Toronto. Like it was the, like the center of Toronto where thousands of people passed at all the intersections of the Metro. So a lot, a lot of people were seeing it. So it was impossible to miss. Yeah. And, and that's how it created a buzz, you know? And, um, the thing, the, one of the thing is these kind of events, take a lot of money and take a lot, a lot of support yes. and, and, and buffer festival or even VidCon or all these different festivals wouldn't have survived if they didn't have all this different kind of backing uh, of, of you mean big, big companies backing them. Yeah. Not so for governments or like just mostly companies. Um, governments try to get involved, but I've seen like, uh, like VidCon for a long time, I've seen YouTube helping them and they stopped at some point, but they were helping them. And, but more concretely, Buffer Festival had uh, CBC. Yeah. So CBC was completely back, no, not completely, but they were backing a certain good level of at least being present at the event, taking part of the event, having boots at the event. Uh, it was something having CBC there, you know, and then you have various different kind of companies supporting them. So it was, it was, it was more, mostly in the private sector. The closest thing to the government, to the government, to the public sector was CBC. Okay. Because they're, they're a public broadcasting channel. They're the closest thing to public, but most of the funding was coming from there. Uh, I have to check, I have to check if recently they got any funding from Canadian Media Fund. I don't know. I have to check what's been happening recently. Okay. Um, but uh, it's, it's possible. It's possible that they, they are starting to get involved with the governments. Uh, I mean, if, if, if someone asked me for my opinion, governments should get involved because we are creating culture, yeah. you know? we are the backbone for a lot of things. We're, we're, we're creating culture, we're creating jobs, okay? We're, we're paying taxes as well. Um, we are helping small businesses grow because yeah. they, they don't necessarily have the money for big TV ads or whatnot, and creators can create uh, with way less budgets. Yes. Can, creators can also uh, reach way more people and have more, more trackable returns. There are so many advantages of working with content creators and um, so bit like if, if the public sector, like the government can get involved, that would be fantastic because then, then there's a whole benefit coming back to them, which is economic as much economic than cultural. Yeah, exactly. And talking about that, because we're going to get in the, in the, in the situation we are right now, but before we get into that, I just want to ask you where can people contact you? Because I, I know that you have to go because you're hosting an event also. So yeah. where people can contact you, Patrick, what platforms are you on? 
Um, the best place to contact me, well, if, if, the, if people don't have my personal, it will be like going on our webpage, creatorhp.org. Once you get there, um, I mean, our, our email is there, our social media is there, um, and we, we're very responsive. Like, we can, we're able like, to go on and, and check and, and be able to respond to anyone, yeah. Excellent. I'm going to put all the links on the description so people can follow Patrick. And you have any questions on the live, we can answer them later. There is right now. I don't think I'm, look, I'm looking right now too. I'm looking if there's any questions, and I don't. Jimmy is watching. I think there's people watching, so but there's no. There there's, is no, questions. no questions. I don't see questions. But is there any afterwards? You can always we can always answer back later on. So Patrick, right now there's a situation we are in with COVID nineteen, and you know a lot of small and medium businesses are closed, and also a lot of content creators and influencers don't work right now. Mm -hmm. So. I just want to ask you, um, what's going on with that, with all of that, on the content creation industry, like influencers? Okay, so if we talk about like business-wise for creators, yes. um, it's not like it completely stopped. We still see some campaigns going on, and um, both from public and private sector. So we've seen okay. some campaigns go on, and creators still, you know, using uh, different platforms that they have to get money. Those who have those who've completely like the, the money source has completely been cut. And uh, right now the government today mentioned you can still win money. As long as you're making less than thousand dollars, you can still apply for the CRB and get funding. Okay. So, but there is governmental funding like that. That's not directly, directly linked to your content, but it's linked to your personal finances. So there are some finances like that coming. Um, I mean, generally speaking, like even though there's so much uncertainty, there's still like um, a lot of pu international push that things are coming to a change very, very soon yes. in, a, in a positive way. So we can only you know wait for that to happen and and start doing it. Um, besides that, um, and, and the creator side, not business, but just creator side, if people are feeling ready, like they're mentally ready, they're physically ready, and they're, yes. they 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 feel inspired to create. They could, they could, they could, uh, they can, uh, of course, create, you know, like the, like if they feel they're ready, then they, they can create. I've seen, I've seen a lot of, uh, actually, I've seen brands working with different uh, creators okay. to kind of showing how to create content being in quarantine, you know, okay. and I've seen some, so many amazing content coming out of there. Now, again, again, this is not any of these things that we're saying, it's not to pressure someone. If, again, if, if you don't feel like creating, don't create because at the beginning, like I said, if you're creating content, it has to come from your heart. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're not, if you don't feel good, then don't push yourself to create something. It's not, it's an art form. It's not going to come off well, you know, but if you feel ready, if you feel up to the task, then yeah, you, you, you know, there's as creators, we can find creative ways of doing stuff at home and, and publishing content uh, if, if we're feeling like it. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, the business side, I mean, it's, it's slowly resuming and governments are right now helping creators. I know a lot of creators were asking, like, if I'm getting ad revenue, can I still get paid? The answer today is yes, as long as you're making less than $1,000 a month. Yeah, the government is giving you the, the $2,000. So. Exactly, because we are, we are considered like a freelancer. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, content creators in impression can get the $2,000 per month. Yeah. So I guess there's a lot of help available. People have to go and check uh, the Canada government website to see all the, all the stuff there. Yep. Yeah. Patrick, before I let you go, I just want to say, where do you see the future of events? 
like we are doing a, a live podcasting live on Facebook and I see a lot of people doing the events live and where this is going is this going to be like this is this the new the new the new way for events I hopefully not <laughs> I hope that's not gonna be the truth uh, because there's so much advantages of coming coming together of course today our safety is in is, is an issue yeah so coming coming together isn't isn't our best interest uh, but uh, right now we're doing things online like right after this live like we're doing our event online we're bringing people online that's great in terms of facts of what we can see governments are pushing things to 2022 before it becomes officially safe to do something okay, wow. right, right now for Quebec I think it's until August 31st they said don't do anything before August 31st okay. yeah uh, but things are changing so fast like like you know we, we, we're hearing right now that they want to open they want to reopen the businesses and so on yeah. in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, you know, it, it may or may not happen, but the future of events, uh, right now, this year, next year, and probably beginning of 2022 until, until this hasn't been officialized, people, people, you know, won't necessarily come together easily as easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're not, you know, like it's, it's, it's always, people have to feel safe. If people feel safe, then there's no problem. They're going to come together. If, if the governments don't allow, if there's no cure, if our safety is an issue, then even myself as, a, as an organizer, I, I will feel responsible, you know? Okay. So yeah. I wouldn't want to bring people together and jeopardizing people's health. That, you know, for now, events are, are going to be online or on hold. We yeah. have no choice. Now, now talking about the optimistic side after this, Again, slowly by slowly, you know, people, let's say we find a cure and we're not going to get sick. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to take time before people come together because, again, they've been, they've been told, they've been all in a shock saying, stay home, right? Yeah. They haven't been seeing people. So it's going to take time before people can approach. But eventually, um, as long as we, we feel safe, it could come back to what it was before. Uh, of course... Uh, I think worldwide as humans, we're going to take precaution, not only for events, but for everything in terms of uh, hygiene. Yes. We're just going to be much more careful and making sure that things are clean, things are sanitized. You know, we make sure like we're not transmitting any disease. We, are, we have, uh, may, 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 we're probably going to have to think about disease prevention measures for as event planners. These, these things are going to be adapted in our day-to-day -day eventually after this. Um, but are we gonna come back together? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we will. Like yes. as long as we feel safe. Because human beings always want this, always want, always want this connection in real life, you know. So I think we will go back together. But I just said there will be new stuff that's gonna new measures, new new stuff that's gonna go uh, that gonna go with that. And I also believe that technology is gonna take a lot of place in in, in events. Maybe not now, but maybe VR, virtual reality, stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, again, nothing can replace the you you know person person by person connection. It's all about progression. Uh, but yeah, I've been even experimenting with VR and stuff. Like, if people have access to VR, we can do so many great things in coming together virtually. Yes, exactly. Again, it's never going to be the same, or at least if technology pushes and we we become like Ready Player One, where we we can actually <laughs> feel and touch yeah. and drink and do stuff in, in virtual and feel like if it's real. Uh, until we get there. Um, yeah, but, but even so VR can still be a great possibility, but we, everyone needs to get access to it before. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, we're, we're smart, you know, we're, we're always going to find new ways of connecting each other. And like, I don't have a doubt that we're not going to be able to beat this, you know, we're, okay. we just don't know when, but, uh, we're going to find solutions. And I mean, 
Well, I don't know if you saw that there was this video about this guy in New York who wanted to date this girl from the across the rooftop. He yeah. eventually got he, he got himself into a bubble and he went to see the girl. So okay. I, I mean I mean there are ways, right? There are ways of doing still meeting people uh, and doing events. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the future will hold and we'll see what, what we will will be allowed to do or not do. Um, but um, down the line people people will want to come together. I mean Exactly. That's, yeah. that's what they want, yeah. Well, thank you, Patrick, so much for the, all the all this information. It was great. Uh, I know you have a, uh, an event that you have to host in ten minutes, but it was great, and I hope that this was the first time we did a Zoom live, so it went great. I hope I'm gonna rewatch the live and see if everything was okay. But uh, I'm just gonna take um, a small uh, selfie just to put it on Instagram to, that we did. So just smile. <laughs> all right. Gotcha. All right. right. Thank you so much for all the people that watch and listen to the to this live that we are also gonna put on YouTube as episode seven of the podcast. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you for having me, and hope to see people come to the uh, meet and greet event that we're having. So. All right. Well, yeah. So, if, uh, what time? Like at four. We start at four p.m. All right. So uh, we if people gonna want to, they can connect on with Patrick. All right. Yeah. Bye, bye, Patrick. Bye, bye.